Welcome to issue 53 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hello. Hey, Steve, how's it going? I'm all right. Mustafa. Hello. Hi, Mustafa. What's up these days? Ah, same old, same old. One day, just like another. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I was gonna be. I was gonna be uh, less, less, less of a downer. I'll try. Uh, And Mustafa. Hi, Mustafa. How's it going? Great. And Daniel. Hi. How are you tonight, Mike? Oh, I'm just hoping that Bourdain can stitch this together in post. <laughs> no, this is perfect. This is perfect. Um, uh, yeah, good, good to see you again. You know, great to be here. Long time no scheme. Yeah, great, no great scheme. to be here. <laughs> well, before we get started, I gotta ask, Mustafa, what's on your mind? I think the first real change in women's body image came when J Lo turned it butt style. That was the first time that having a large-scale situation in the back was part of mainstream American beauty. Girls wanted butts now, and men were free to admit that they had always enjoyed them. And then, what felt like moments later, boom, Beyonce brought the leg meat. A back porch and thick muscular legs were now widely admired, and from that day forward, women embraced their diversity and realized that all shapes and sizes are beautiful. Haha! No, I'm totally messing with you. All Beyonce and J-Lo have done is add to the laundry list of attributes women must have to qualify as beautiful. Now every girl is expected to have Caucasian blue eyes, full Spanish lips, a classic button nose, hairless Asian skin with a California tan, a Jamaican dance hall ass, long Swedish legs, small Japanese feet, the abs of a lesbian gym owner, the hips of a nine-year-old boy, the arms of Michelle Obama, and doll tits. The person closest to actually achieving this look is Kim Kardashian, who, as we know, was made by Russian scientists to sabotage our athletes. Well, at least it wasn't the plague. (laughs) Why do we keep asking him what's on his mind? (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? That was from one of my favorite comedians, Tina Fey. Oh, yes. It's her book called Bossy Pants, which is uh, an awesome read, especially in the, in the times of plague. But we said we weren't going to talk about it, so I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> it, oh, that was tremendous. That is a great book. Oh, all right. Mm. Steve, what brings <laughs> us here tonight? Hey, I, I, had to follow, I had to follow the plague last week. That's right. That's right. We're doing Taskmaster Part 2. Uh, but we're going to start off with our special Critical Encounters Task Force. All right, all right, all right, settle down, settle down, settle down, guys. Mahoney, Mahoney, spend a little less time flirting with hookers and put some more heavy attention on the task at hand. We have four dangerous vigilantes on the loose, and we're going to go over them, we're going to talk about their crimes, and we're going to get out there, and we're going to stop these criminals. Detective Mustafa, why don't you give us a rundown on that first criminal? 
Yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I've been following this guy called Chang Shi. Believe it or not, that seems to be his real name. Rare display of honesty in these uh, so-called heroes. Doesn't use an alias, as far as we can tell. Citizenship is some sort of Asian, Chinese, maybe. They first appeared in Special Marvel Edition number 15, December 1973. Uh, he uh, was educated to a very high level by various terrorist masterminds. Th th this education has elevated his Kung Fu to ridiculously high levels. He claims to have fought Ares, the, the god of flarking war, and, and, and tied him. A little bit of background on his history. Chang here was the heir to the late, great, powerful, and benevolent Fu Manchu. His father did everything to raise him right, spared no expense to get him private lessons from the best martial arts masters. But as they say in that part of the world, a rotten soul returns no good deed graciously. Or I think that's what they say. And on his first mission, Chang was tasked with apprehending a dangerous scientist who had defied Fu Manchu in London, but he just quickly fell to the wiles of white capitalist society and rebelled against his father. He turned on his father, despite the latter's efforts to get him back, uh, and committed many, many crimes while working with the British government's imperialist paramilitary goon squad, the MI6. This was not enough for him. He then joined various terrorist groups uh, for hire, such as Heroes for Hire, Marvel Knights, Freelance Restorations, etc. He worked his way up to ranks. His infamy grew, but it wasn't enough. Because what he really wanted was to get to the top ranks and quickly. So he came up with the most nefarious plan, which he thought would make, maximize his chances of a quick rise in these ranks of terrorists. He would kill his own father. And in fact, it was, he was right. His terrorist carrier really took off after he tracked down his father and committed patricide. He even became a member of one of those most dangerous terrorist cells, the ISIS of the old world, if you will, Avengers. And it's a testament to his father's foresight and training that he gained respect of some of these dangerous criminals, despite lacking quote-unquote powers. He's rumored to have instructed some of the worst of the worst. Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man, they taught them martial arts. But instead of acknowledging his father's legacy, the pitiless Chang Shi kept working to dismantle all of his father's good works. It wasn't enough to kill him. He kept dismantling everything he did and murdered his father's associates. And finally, if, if none of that was enough, he increased his offense by a thousandfold when he killed Fu Manchu again after he was brought back following great efforts by the venerable scientists of the Shadow Council. And by the way, uh, due to copyright issues, uh, Fu Manchu uh, revealed himself as the even more ancient and powerful sorcerer Zhang Zhu in Fu Manchu who only wish to share the gift of immortality with humankind, as, as, as you do. Rejecting his zombie father a second time and acting like a hormonal teenager on steroids, which he probably is, he killed Zhang Zhu again. Now, technically, one can't really kill a zombie, uh, but this does not lessen the heinousness of his crimes, which reveal just how rotten the heart that powers this mad, unhinged kung fu machine is. A little bit about known associates. Pretty much everyone on the known terrorist ro roster, though it's likely that at least some of them hang out with them just so that they can represent they have a, a martial arts friend. Power origin, as I said uh, already, he owes that all he knows to his father's generous and incredible efforts to have him trained in martial arts from a young age. Not that he would ever acknowledge that. Doesn't have other powers. Current whereabouts. Uh, Chang-Chi is currently pretending to be the commander of a new terrorist group, which he calls the Five Weapons Society. 
it's not clear how many members the group has or how many weapons it owns. Uh, we don't believe that they're so poor that they can't afford a sixth weapon. So the name is likely a ruse. Be careful. Priority status. First, make sure you got the right guy. We get so many false alerts with these terrorists. Uh, a few of our security forces can't tell them apart. If you think you have the right guy, try a friendly approach. You never know. He's so delusional that he believes that he's working for world peace and he's always trying to achieve balance and calm. You can use that against him, but be careful. His balance is precarious. He once decided he would retire and become a simple fisherman, but all his old buddies had to do to get him out of retirement was to approach him with a mission where he would get a chance to kill dozens of innocent security personnel. And he jumped at the chance, of course. His retirement did not last long. Also, he's known to have brutally murdered teammates he thought were treasonous. Uh, Humbug is one example. That's all I got on this guy. All right, that's some good info there, Detective Mustafa. Now, Biggs, Biggs, put down that donut and pay attention. All right, Private Private Daniel here is going to give us a rundown on that second scumbag. Go ahead, Private. Yeah, Electra. Real name, Electra Nachios. Citizenship, Greek. Stats, black hair, blue eyes. She first appeared in Daredevil number 168 in January 1981. She does have a degree in political science from Columbia University. Now, Electra is a child of tragedy fueled by hate and an incredibly dangerous foe. Her mother was shot to death while pregnant with her, and her very birth was something of a miracle. Her father was also killed in a case of mistaken identity, shot by a, shot by a police officer, no less. Well, these, these parental tragedies shaped who she's become, a ruthless assassin for hire. She's worked for a number of organizations and is currently under the employ of S.H.I.E.L.D., primarily working with Maria Hill. Now, she's associated with a number of groups, some committed to evil, some good. She's really a loose cannon, hard to figure out, but, but most have been able to exploit the fragile state of her psyche. She both seeks revenge and redemption at the same time. And so whether trying to be good enough for the chaste or vengeful enough for the hand, her ultimate status is one of unpredictability. Chief, perhaps the most compelling part of her backstory is that she was actually killed. Bullseye, an accomplished assassin himself, ambushed her and impaled her with her own weapon. But she was resurrected through dark rites. Uh, the hand hoped to bring her back as an evil revenant type thing. But, but uh, Matt Murdock, you might know him better as Daredevil, interrupted the ritual and somehow cleansed her soul, whatever that means. Can I say something? I hate it when the ritual is interrupted. They do that all the time. I know. Has anybody ever heard of a ritual being done successfully in the recent past? I haven't. Hell no. Well, yeah. let's talk about her known associates, Chief. Perhaps her most important relationship is that with Matt Murdock, as I said, Daredevil. They're no longer involved other than his occasional allies and enemies, but it's her feelings for him that tend to drive her to one extreme or another, and that sometimes people seek to exploit. She's palled around with Wolverine, hangs out with the heroes for hire, the Thunderbolts, uh, and as I mentioned above, she is uh, working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, she's interesting in that her power comes almost strictly from training, pure and simple. She's an incredibly powerful individual, capable of enormously awesome feats. She's expert martial arts. She's a weapons master, possesses powers of mesmerization, and can control her like bleeding and even cure infections. She's a ninja, highly driven, and exceptionally potent. Her current whereabouts are unclear, Chief, but uh, perhaps an unidentified island in the Aegean Sea is my best guess. Um, priority status, I would say high. 
If taken captive, perhaps the right amount of mind control could be exerted upon her to once again bring her to our light. Now, if we can channel the hatred which burns within her, remind her of the pain and suffering dealt to her over the years, we can twist her to our ends. That said, it's probably best to avoid her, and uh, one should only confront her if they are currently also in possession of a small army. That's all I have, Chief. Electra. Very thorough. Very thorough. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Can I can I finish can I finish this uh this donut? Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, hi Tyra, over there. If you're done polishing your badge, eyes up here. Our special liaison from the Great White North, Mike the Mountie. He's got a rap sheet on our third deployable deviant. Go ahead, Mr. Mountie. All right, listen up. This perp, Angela Del Toro, American, Puerto Rican in descent. She has black hair, brown eyes, and if the white tiger jumpsuit doesn't give it away, her green glowing eyes will. She is the fourth iteration of White Tiger. Do not get that confused. There have been three before her, and even a couple afterwards. She first appeared in Daredevil Volume 2, number 58, in 2003. Though if you want an in-depth study to read tonight... I suggest you take a look at the White Tiger dossier series published in 2006. This woman has high achiever written all over her. Bachelor's in political science, master's in criminology, graduated the top 10% of her class at Quantico, FBI special agent, highly trained in martial arts, highly trained in firearms. Her family's background, known for two things, law enforcement and the family dojo. Members of her family are taught martial arts at a young age and most end up in local police agencies or the FBI. Her uncle, Hector Ayala, came into possession of three jade tiger amulets whose origins lay in Kun Lun. These transformed him into El Tigre Blanco, the White Tiger. And he has strayed from his family's path and joined the vigilante life. Angela's powers originate from her uncle's amulets. Her uncle held those amulets until his death. Sometime after that, she received the jade amulets in the mail. By who, I don't know. So they were two to three weeks late? Understood. (laughs) (laughs) And you are going to be tasked with bringing them in. All right. Known associates. Danny Rand and Luke Cage are considered family to the Del Toros. Daredevil is a mentor of sorts. He enticed her to pursue this life in a costume in the first place. He's also been known to team up with Black Widow and Spider-Man on occasion. Current status, as of 2010, she's no longer officially the White Tiger. She passed the amulets to her aunt, Ava Ayala. However, we recommend that when apprehending her, you proceed with caution. Because while no longer the White Tiger, amulets from alternate timelines have been known to grant her temporary powers. And when she has them, she has heightened strength, heightened speed, accelerated healing, and the ability to blend into the background like a chameleon. We strongly recommend enlisting the hand before engaging because much like Electra, she has been killed and resurrected through their black rituals. And through their influence over her, they have temporarily they've had temporary success turning her to our side in the past. And there you have it, Captain. Well, thank you, special liaison from the Great White North. That was uh, very well done. We've got let me tell you about our fourth and final degenerate here. 
the Moon Knight, otherwise known as Mark Spector, born in Chicago, Illinois. He's a Jewish American, non-practicing. 6'2", 225, brown hair, brown eyes, and he has a scar over his left eye. First appeared August 1975 in Werewolf by Night, number 32. He's a high school graduate with military and CIA training. As a child, Mark Spector's father, Elias, had fled Nazi persecution after Hitler invaded Czechoslovakia. His father, however, rarely fought back, and that drove Mark to do so. A longtime family friend, Rabbi Yitz Perlman, turned out to secretly be a Nazi deserter and a serial killer. Having barely escaped from Perlman, Mark had a mental break and developed dissociative identity disorder. Mark's known associates include the fact that he was enlisted in the Marines, but then was dishonorably discharged when his past came up. He later on joined the CIA. They'll just take anyone there. And he worked with known criminals, <laughs> William Cross, otherwise known as Crossfire, Amos Lardner, known defector and member of Project Cobra, and the Hatchet Man, who turned out to be his own brother, Randall Specter. He ended up leaving the CIA and became a soldier for hire alongside known member of the committee, Frenchie Ducom. So his power origins are a little unbelievable, but stay with me here, boys. While on a mission in Egypt with Raul Bushman, there was a well-respected archaeologist, Peter Alroon, that was murdered. Bushman reported saving Alroon's daughter from the mad Spectre and was forced to neutralize Spectre. Mark, however, made a pagan pact with Khonshu, the so-called Egyptian god of the moon, and was restored to full health and began his rampaging vigilante career, blaming it all on this mystical Khonshu. But his mind has been so broken, it seems more likely that this is all part of his own personal mental illness. His current whereabouts? Well, Mark took on the persona Moon Knight, and with his cadre of criminal friends, Frenchie and Marlene, who he's tricked into being his lover, they spread terror and fear in the hearts of the people of New York City. He has a priority status. He's considered armed and dangerous, as well as mentally unstable. Do not engage him alone. Locate the target and call in Taskmaster for support. Hey, Captain, I got your god of the moon right here. <laughs> Sit down back there. All right, you know your assignments. Let's get to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Chief. All right. Well, I hope you guys like that. Now let's talk about some cards. <laughs> right, this is a card game. Yeah, yeah. So, Musafa, why don't you tell us about Shang-Chi? All right. Uh... Shang-Chi, it will surprise no one, is an ally, um, unique, uh, has a two thwart, two attack, three life, captive, and hero for hire. After you play Shang-Chi from your hand, spend a lightning resource and stun an enemy. His uh, quote is, a Hydra strike team raided my house while I was meditating. Quote, unquote, meditating. That should be quotes there. I showed them out, but there were two more teams waiting outside. Yeah. It's the way you do things you never come alone yeah right right mike how about white tiger white tiger angela del toro zero cost ally three thwart one attack takes consequential damage from both three hit points she's a captive hero for hire response after you play white tiger from your hand spend a mental resource to remove three threat from a scheme and she has one wild resource icon quote after Hydra took over the outlawed superheroes, a neighbor called the new chief of police to report me, as a good neighbor should. Was that neighbor's name Karen? <laughs> Daniel, how about Electra? Electra, unique ally, one thwart, 
three attack, three health. She's a captive, hero for hire. Comes with a response after you play Electra from your hand. Spend a physical resource. Deal three damage to an enemy. She's a wild resource icon, and her quote is, I got caught when I tried to help some civilians escape a Hydra patrol. Turns out the civilians were Hydra agents running a sting operation. Oh, well done. Let me tell you about Moon Knight. He's also a zero-cost ally. All of these allies are zero costs. Let's not forget that. Moon Knight has two thwart, two attack, with consequential for each three hit points. Captive, hero for hire, wild resource icon. And his response is, after you play Moon Knight from your hand, spend a wild resource, draw two cards. His quote is, Hydra took over so fast, I wasn't sure they were real. Which fits with his delusions. Indeed. So these are our four captive allies that we put off to the side when we start the Taskmaster scenario. We're going to look at the rest of these cards, but we got to know how to get a hold of these guys. Mike, why don't you tell us how these allies come into play or where we've got them hidden away? Around the city, there are four side schemes called Captured by Hydra. They have two boost icons. But most importantly, when revealed, place one random set-aside captive ally face-down beneath this scheme. When the scheme is defeated, the player who defeated it takes that ally into their hand and removes the scheme from the game. It has one acceleration icon and five threat. Okay, so this is like a major piece of the Taskmaster game, right? That kind of makes it interesting. These four side schemes come up randomly out of the deck. The four allies get put underneath them. They only have five threat, not five per player, not, you know, it's a static five. And then when you when you clear it, and you want to clear it because of the acceleration icon, but when you clear it, you get a random ally going into your hand as a, as a hero, which is, and, and as we've seen, each one of these is pretty potent, right? Yeah. Yeah, what? they they cost nothing. Uh, they're a wild resource, and they all have pretty good abilities. Oh, yeah. Do you guys have a one that you uh, you hate to see come out first? No, as as Testmaster, you hate to see come out. Hmm. I think it's totally dependent, right? Yeah. I... Because I mean, White Tiger is only you only want to see White Tiger come out if you're really cr- close to finishing your scheme. Otherwise, you're not doing a whole lot. Yeah, I think Shang Chi has the most like the easiest ability to use. Energy is not too hard to have, and then you can always just stun the villain. Right. Yeah. So, so is is Moon Knight's ability? Do you can you play any resource, or do you have to play a wild resource? You have to use a wild. So I, I as Taskmaster, I I wouldn't mind seeing that guy over the others. There aren't that many wild resources. Yeah, definitely the hardest one to use. And so if, if you know as Taskmaster, that would be the one I'd prefer. And drawing two cards, eh, it's powerful, mm-hmm. I, I guess, but not going to be happening a lot. Train these guys. I mean, our minions can fight for days. These people punch them in their punch themselves in the face every time they attack. <laughs> and you know, uh, I have found that the heroes get so excited from, you know, rescuing these captives, and then they see that zero cost. They almost invariably just throw them down right away. And I don't think use them to their best effect, which is to pay that kicker cost. Um, true. True. You know, because they have such great stats. It's like, oh, I just need them into play right now. Um, and so they'll just play them. And uh, I appreciate that, seeing them just drop these heroes without paying that, that response cost. Yeah, and lose lose out on it. 
And in the campaign, if you're playing campaign mode and you the heroes rescue one of these uh, heroes for hire, uh, they get to use them in their deck the rest of the campaign, which can be a pretty good boon for any deck, Huge. I think. Huge, yeah. yeah. Uh, important to note that only the person who defeats the scheme gets that ally. Right. Yeah. So if you have a dedicated thwarter, they're probably going to get loaded with these. So can you go over your over the 50 card limit or whatever the upper limit is um, by taking these guys? Yeah, I or believe all of the campaign cards don't count towards your limit. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's this set here is really what makes Taskmaster an interesting play, I think, um, beyond all the rest of his cards. And it is fun to rescue these thing, these guys. Yeah, so that, that's where the storytelling yeah. comes in. That's the really nice yeah. thing about this. And a few weeks ago, I talked about, I gave a quote from Dan Kennedy Hawk about, you know, always heal your villains. That's because he was gaming the system. He was trying to get all four of these out. So he was actually healing the villain so he wouldn't accidentally kill the villain before <laughs> all of these captures came out. Before he got them. I think because, that? yeah, he yeah, yeah. used first aid to heal anybody. That's I think true. specifically first aid. And I think it was because somebody had to retaliate or something, and they were, were worried that they'd actually kill the villain first. So, <laughs> poor Taskmaster. Yeah, just we're gonna them. we're gonna keep you alive until we rescue all the people you've 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 uh, apprehended, and then we'll kill you. Yeah, you know what's more fun than cap than freeing these guys? It's capturing these guys. So let me tell you about Hunted by Hydra Treachery. All right, Hunted by Hydra Treachery. There are two of these in the deck. They have Insight 1, which is when this card is revealed, place one threat on the main scheme. When revealed, each player in hero form takes one damage and discards one card at random from their hand. And has a quote, it's a bad time to be a hero. Bucky Bar. Absolutely. Yeah, one boost icon. Uh, this is fun. I mean, it. Taskmaster has a 12 threat per player. This adds one to it. You could be taking extra damage from Taskmaster's scheme or him. This is another ping damage on you. Plus, getting rid of cards from players' hands, that's always good for the villain. So, Yep, random card. That's the worst effect on there for the heroes. Great. Yep. Let me tell you, let me tell you about a Hydra Hunter, one of, these, one of these fellas doing the actual hunting here. Um, it is a minion, two scheme, two attack, three health. Their attacks gain piercing and ranged. They have a special boost icon. If you are in hero form, take a damage. Otherwise, place a threat on the main scheme. That's your Hydra Hunter. I like him. Pretty stock Hydra. Yep. Yep. They've got a sniper rifle in the picture, and ranged and piercing makes perfect sense. Yep, so thematic win. Although, as usual, not going to do much when he, he's not sticking around long. Doesn't yeah. have guarded, which I guess makes sense with the theme. Yeah, he's not down in the in the hero's face, right? He's up somewhere on a perch. Yeah. But he doesn't punch himself every time he takes a shot. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mustafa, do you want to take Mimicry? Yes, I will take Mimicry. That's a treachery. Um, and it is actually the card I was thinking should be um, Taskmaster's ability or something like that last week when we talked about Taskmaster. This one says, when revealed, Alter Ego, discard the top five cards of your deck, if a thwart card was discarded this way, Taskmaster schemes. You'll never guess what the hero, uh, when revealed hero effect does. Discard the top five cards of your deck. If an attack card was discarded this way, Taskmaster attacks you. Uh, the usual one boost rounds out this card. This, I think, says mimicry to me because 
know, he you're losing some cards from your deck, and then if there's a thwart card there, he's scheming, and if there's an attack card there, he's gonna attack you. So that's uh, in themes. Yeah, I I think the theme hits. It works well. I think one time I played Taskmaster quite a few times. I think one time I didn't hit a thwart card, but typically you've got you know there's a, there's generally attack cards in a player's deck. There might be fewer thwart cards in their deck. So mm-hmm. sometimes that one might, you know, get away, but usually there's an attack card somewhere hidden in there. Especially later on, once the heroes have put out their upgrades and supports and allies, and all they have left are events. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Photographic reflexes. This is an attachment. There are two of these in the deck. Attached to Taskmaster. Force interrupt. When a player attacks Taskmaster, prevent all damage that would be dealt to Taskmaster and deal an equal amount of damage to that player's identity instead. Then discard photographic reflexes. Max one per attack. Two boost icons. You know what would be cool? If these attachments somehow attached without you knowing what their effects are. And then when you attack the villain, then you kind of turn these up. I was just thinking along those lines. Because you're going to ping him with one every time you see this. I was wondering uh, something like, put it attached to him, but then say, every time you attack him, discard the top card of the encounter deck. If there's two or more boost icons, resolve this card. Otherwise, don't. Yeah, that's, a, that's another way to do it. That would be... That, because, like, ooh, I think he's about to use his photographic reflexes on me, so I'll just pull back my, uh, my shot, or I'll just send Maria Hill over there. Yeah. I'll hit him with Squirrel uh, Girl. Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you're being the one with the photographic reflexes, which... Yeah, you're being the one with uh, the ability to see the future. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> yeah. That piece is, it says, when a player attacks Taskmaster, so... Oh, so maybe minions don't count? Well, those minions belong to the player. It doesn't say when a hero attacks Taskmaster. No, and it's but it's the um, hero's identity that takes the damage. So if Maria Hill does yeah. swing for one... It's still going to hit you. Yeah. Yep. But it's always going to be one. Yeah, Nobody's going to take more than one damage from this. I guess the one thing it could do is keep you from attacking if you have no allies out. Well, right? You know, you could be you could be one of the heroes that just does one damage on an attack. It could be. Yeah. Miss Marvel, sure. Iron Man, whatever. Although that said, a, a swinging web kick coming back and hitting you in the face. I mean, well, that makes an awesome story. That's it would never happen. Ender. It would <laughs> never happen. <laughs> No, it won't happen, but if, if your tricksy little rule um, was into place. <laughs> and see, all that would do is you would just keep making one attacks until you triggered this. You would never, you would still never, while this is out, go with a web kick or whatever, a supersonic sure. punch or one of those big hits. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there was a way to make it so that it would trigger on those things. We'll have to think about that for our, our book of alternate rule sets. <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. It does require the players to figure out some timing in like a multiplayer game, right? Who can who can hit for one? Who can do this? Oh, so at least there's that. Yeah. All right, let me tell you about Taskmaster's Shield. Uh, Taskmaster's Shield is unique. It is an armor, a weapon attached to Taskmaster. Taskmaster gains Retaliate 1. Hero action, exhaust your hero, and spend a mental and physical resource. Discard this card. And it has three boost icons. There we go. That's what we're talking about. That's right. So retaliate one. That's always good. In in this set especially. More ping damage. 
Yep. It's good against minions attacking him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exhaust your hero. Get rid of this card. That's always great to see. Yeah. Yeah, and two two specific resources too. It's not two of any. So you gotta you gotta burn two cards to get rid of it, or you know some resource generators. So. Well, let me tell you about his sword because you know sword and shield they go together. So this is a unique weapon attached to Taskmaster. His attacks gain piercing and also plus one attack. As a hero action, you can exhaust your hero and spend some science and muscles to discard this card, and it also has three boosts. Right. Certainly Not serviceable. Terrible. Yeah. Serviceable weapon. Plus yeah. one is nice. Nice to have an extra attack. Right. I didn't think so highly of this until our game where he had a whole bunch of experimental weapons on him too. Yeah. Mm. And they do suggest you play with Weapon Master encounter set, which plays off of having either a shield or sword out, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And piercing, oh, Doctor Strange just gave everybody tough. Well, too bad. Testmaster can handle it. Yeah. And that, pl that plus one attack kind of puts it in that range. Is it worth removing or not? Right? Yeah. There's something to be said for that. When you remove it, it comes potentially back as a three boost icon, which mm -hmm. is nice. Yeah. And we, we do want to see three boost icons, especially in this set, because his ability, remember, will trigger off boost icons. The more, the better. Yep. All right. I think I have the last card in his set. Take Task us home. Taskmaster's so training camp. So good. A side scheme. Three boost icons, which we love to see. Here's uh, what it says. Taskmaster only accepts the best troops into his police force. Before a Hydra soldier can enlist, they must survive his training camp. Strangely enough, in the background, they're just fighting with what looks like Nerf balls, but whatever. Forced response, after <laughs> minion enters play, give it a tough status card, and it's the hazard. And it uh, starts with two threats per player. Not a great number of threats, so it's not going to last very long, especially given its ability, which puts tough on all the minions. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I don't See, know how many Doctor minions... Strange, we can do that too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How many minions are there in his in the Weapon Master set, right? Oh, he he has Hydra Patrol. So yeah, yeah. But when you start getting in the modular sets, like yeah. throw an Acronauts or something in here, they're all coming out with tough. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's just not going to stick around very much given the low amount of threat it has. But Th this card is a lot better in multiplayer when like the first player draws it, and then oh, player yeah. two and three flip over minions like oh yeah yeah and the three boost icons too right yes so. three boost icons the, the, yeah that's really nice these cards make me happier overall i think this is not a bad set at all maybe hunted by hydra isn't that awesome but and captured by hydra is just a way to give the heroes extra bennies but other than that i'd rate the b plus echo that i think b plus is an appropriate grade for this set I'm gonna go C plus for difficulty. Yeah, no, I'm I was I was I I'd agree with you. It's not that difficult, but it's just a kind of fun factor that makes it. Yeah, it is makes it go up a grade. I really enjoy playing this. My one thought that where this is the sets a miss for me is I wish that the captured by Hydra side scheme and those four allies was its own modular set, and you could I mean I guess you could just do it, but like. Put those in a different, like play them with Red Skull or play them against Claw or, you know, it just, it has this fun factor of, oh, here's this extra thing we can do. Let's go grab some guys. So I wish that officially the Captured by Hydro could be put in other other sets, not just Taskmasters. 
but otherwise I think the set's a lot of fun to play against and offers you some choices, uh, interesting choices. The other thing that could be f- more fun if if they they had gone that way is that captured by Hydra doesn't always give you the same people. Like Hydra can only capture the, capture these four guys and no one else. Um, it, it, it like for example, it could be that they could go through your deck and capture one of your minions, and you know for oh. certain decks which rely on a minion. <coughs> Some Spider Woman decks that we know, for example, capturing that minion would be fatal. <laughs> oh, I want to see some cards where you flip over the the hero you captured that was captured, and it's a uh, it's Hydra Soldier. <laughs> oh, that, uh, you, you free the wrong guy. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. That'd be good. Anyway, one can dream. All right, at least if I went to tell the listeners how to find us, dear listener, you could reach us at criticalencounterspod at gmail dot com. You could also find us under Critical Encounters on Facebook. On Discord, we're, we're Dine, Big Foam Loaf, The Truth, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, well, we're in episode 53. You've been hanging out for a long time, so we think you like our show. But if you don't, tell your enemies. Daniel, take us out. I learned this move from Captain America. Is it the suck? (laughs) (laughs) Please keep that.